Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. I haven't preached on paper notes for years, for eight years I think. Uh, so I just need to, I've been saving trees, uh, but today I used some trees. Wonderful to be here, uh, really amazing to hear all the testimonies, it's amazing the church is the church. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be. So that's that's really amazing, and uh, just experienced such a prophetic flow here tonight. It almost felt, uh, even before Liana shared or some of the other people shared, I felt that there's there's just so much. If we were to really tap into what God says tonight, we, you know, we'll be here the whole night um, and more. And I actually felt that God had, uh, has given so much, and He wants to give so much. Um, and He's actually saying that this church is 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 a church that will be known and is known, uh, but even more in the future, as a church with so much gifts, uh, spiritually speaking, uh, a really rich in, in spiritual gifts uh, church. Um, um, and of, of course, in order to, to be rich, in order to give much, you need to receive much. And I want to really just encourage you, just cherish your worship times together. Just, you know, when, when you get together and you just worship, just, just take the, the posture of receiving from God because He wants to give you so much. There's just so much in the heart of the Father over this church. So just receive. Uh, he wants to give so that you can then give. It's more blessed to give than to receive, but first you need to receive, yes. I'm sorry, Danielle is going to yeah. give me a hiding later if I don't do this. I always forget the admin stuff. I love the hard stuff, but the admin stuff I neglect. Um, if you want to give an offering, you're welcome to do that. There's going to be some offering bags going around. And uh, I also just wanted to say, um, I know we welcome some new, new uh, first-time visitors in the beginning, but I think after we did that, there were a couple of new faces that joined after that. So if you're here for the first time tonight, um, we'd love to give you some more information about us. And there's a call that you can fill out some details if you're keen to connect with us as well. So if you're here for the first time and you haven't received that packet yet, why don't you just raise your hand, please? Is there anyone like that? They're in the front. Woohoo! And at the back, welcome. We love you. We hope you have a great time. Anyone else? Ashwazi, if we can just get that, uh, that lady with the hand at the back. And there's a couple here in the front. I'm visiting for the first time. Um, if you don't get a packet, come to me. I'll give you one, okay? But I think they're sorting out. Sorry, as you were, I know. There you go. I love the priorities of this church. First, the things of God, offering just sort of an afterthought. That's great. So, um, you met my wife there at the back, Liana. She's uh, busy doing prophetic drawings. And at the back, she loves the prophetic, she loves art, and she's uh, carrying my third born, uh, Michal. Uh, he's, he's to be born uh, in about 10 weeks from now. I've also got two other kids, they at home with uh, Omar, Evan Aiden, and Malaya. And it's uh, just been such a privilege, um, those of you that are uh, parents, uh, to have kids. It's, you learn so much about the Father heart of God, uh, but you also learn so much about the, the Holy Spirit. And the simplicity of the Holy Spirit, the fact that anyone can access, um, you know, the power of, of God's presence, presence Jesus with us. 
um, you don't need to be an advanced Christian. Um, you can just receive um, from God. And it's been so, so inspiring to see how they are encouraging the Holy or encountering the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've seen kids experience the Holy Spirit, but it's amazing. They're just so open. They're so receptive. Um, my little boy, um, Evan, was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit when he was three years old. He started speaking in tongues. I said to him, um, what does it feel like? He said, um, it's like a fire is burning in my heart. That was his own words, his own idea. He just, that's what he felt in his heart, like a fire burning. Um, we had the privilege, I think it was last year, the start of the year, uh, to do a family mission to Thailand. So we took our two kids with, and um, my little girl, Malaya, um, she one day just said, now she wants to pray. You know, you know sometimes... You know, kids, you know, they, they're not always so keen to respond when you want, but when they're ready, they, they go for it. And so, you know, we tried many times to pray for this mission, and then it was just, you know, it didn't work out. But this moment, she said, now I want to pray. And she went on her knees, and she started praying. She started singing in the Spirit. Um, and then she stopped, and she said, now Jesus is showing her a, a blue building. And then from heaven... Uh, something's falling on this building. So I thought, wow, that's, so, that's the first time this has happened, right? The little girl, she was four years old. Um, and so I just, I really took note of it, um, but then, you know, so didn't know what to do with this blue building, you know, a blue building. Didn't get interpretation of that. In any case, we went over to Thailand, and we met with the pastors, and so blessed to have the kids with us. It's sometimes a bit nerve-wracking because, uh, you know, going there, we, you know, you, you, we found out that the place, um, I've had malaria a couple of times. Anyone has had malaria before? Yeah, I've had malaria seven times. Um, yes, uh, that's another story. Any case, so we found out that there's no malaria. Um, when we got there, the pastor, by the way, said to us, the area that we're going into uh, has malaria, but you don't need to worry about malaria because there's something worse, uh, dengue fever. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's when you as a parent, you're like, was this the right thing to take our kids into the nations? And to, um, but then you just trust the Lord. In any case, the pastors took us to this, this site where they really trusting God to build a building. And so they took us to this ground, and the kids were with us. The, my boy fell asleep and, you know, for, because of a lack of sleep. Um, but then we were praying together, and they said, just pray for us, trust, because we feel this is going to be a base uh, really incredible work, work that they're doing to, they call it the Golden Triangle, uh, Burma, Laos, communist countries, uh, they're reaching out to people that have ne never heard the gospel, they want to build this, this facility here and really trust in God, and so they said, just, just witness with us, is this God's plan for us, and so we're starting to pray in tongues, and, and um, I, I looked at my little girl, and she was just standing there just minding her own business, and then she sort of motioned to me. I went over to her, and she said, Papa, there's the building, the blue house, right, that she saw in a vision before we came, and she recognized the place as that is the place that God showed her, and then we could get interpretation. We shared it with the, the pastors, and it was such a confirmation to them. You know, how would a little four-year-old girl know exactly that this is the place that God has purposed? This must be God. And they were just so encouraged. So it's amazing just to see how God can use anyone that wants to connect with, with His Holy Spirit. And so um, 
The, the word um, this, this, this evening is a simple word. word. I'm going to go straight to the point. Um, but I just want to say this. The Holy Spirit in you is better than Jesus beside you. It's amazing that Jesus stands beside us. He walks with us. But it's even better that you and I have been filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus in us, powerfully working in and through us. And so I want to I speak about that, but in a very specific way, and perhaps that's a way we don't often talk about. But um, the Holy Spirit, we are um, mind, soul, and spirit, or body, soul, and spirit, right? Um, so the Holy Spirit fills us completely. Uh, one of those amazing things. He can fill all of us at the same time completely, right? Not just, we don't just get a little bit of the Holy Spirit. We get all of the Holy Spirit. We know a bit about the, He fills our bodies, right? Sometimes we experience the Holy Spirit as, you know, as an emotion. Um, sometimes we feel electricity on our hands. Sometimes we experience God in different ways on our bodies. We know that He fills us, right? And, you know, another manifestation is the praying in tongues, right? He fills us so that we can engage with Him. So we're quite comfortable with that. And then He fills our spirits. But what I want to talk about tonight is... The fact that he fills our minds. Did you know that? He fills our minds. And some of the testimonies were so powerful in, in this regard. Um, but the Holy Spirit comes and he takes, he takes us to a different space. And so our head space is so important. I don't know if you've noticed. But what's happening in your mind determines a lot of things. It can determine your joy. What happens in your mind or your mind space determines how receptive you are to God's Word. If you've got a very busy mind or you're very overwhelmed or there's just so many stresses and worries, who's been at that space and then God speaks to you and it's like it's, it's really difficult now to receive what God is saying because your mind space is sort of making it difficult. Um, your head space could uh, influence your productivity um, your headspace um, determines how God can use you. If your headspace is not in a good space, um, you know, it's more difficult for God to access you and use you, as, as we've heard the words, um, to be that agent of reconciliation. Um, a a headspace in a good place is a, is a sort of a power, sort of a strength. We have a a strength when our minds are in a good place. And so there's, there's two, um, actually three, but three spaces of our minds. The first one is one that glorifies God. The Bible says in Luke 10, 27, it's not on the screen, it says, Love the Lord with all your heart, um, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. In other words, we can worship God with our minds. There's a, there's a place in our minds where God is glorified through our thinking, right? God, it's, it's, a, it's a state of worship. But, but on the opposite side of the scale, the, uh, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says that um, there the, are arguments um, that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ, Right? Um, in other words, the enemy comes in to bombard your mind. In fact, that's one of the primary ways that he tries to get to us, right? The devil never stands in front of you and says, here's the knife, go and kill someone, right? 
The devil never stands in front of you and says, you know, run because I'm coming for you, right? Maybe in certain cases. And so, but mostly he's a bit more subtle, right? Mostly he works a bit, um, a bit long, more longer term, right? He's, he, he comes with thoughts, right? The Bible calls it the fiery darts of the enemy, right? Then the, then the scripture says that we must put up the shield of faith, to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. But he starts with, with thoughts in our minds. He bombards us with thoughts. And then mostly he, he, he sends a thought into your mind and then he follows it up and he, he accuses you with that is your thought. Right? Who's experienced that? Right? You, there's, there's something in your mind it's an accusation or perhaps it's a temptation. And the very next thought is, well, did I think that? And then what, what follows? Shame. Guilt. But if we had just recognized that that was never God, it was never myself, it was from the outside, then we could have stopped it. And 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says that, that the progression is this. The thought comes first, then it becomes an argument, then it becomes a high thing, then it becomes a stronghold. Right? And so obviously we know when it's a stronghold, well, even when it's an argument in our minds, an argument is when the thought has developed unnoticed, right? It's developed into an argument, and the argument normally goes something like this. God, why am I in this position? God, what is, what is wrong here? And, and mostly the, the argument challenges the character of God, right? And then it becomes a high thing. Then it becomes a stronghold. When it's a stronghold, it's, it's something that we need to trust the Holy Spirit for healing, and it's amazing. Even if there's a stronghold in our minds or hearts or bodies, God can come and heal us, right? Uh, uh, we're going to do some healing later. Uh, actually, God convicted me a while back. I was, I was praying for someone that's um, uh, not a Christian, They're Muslim actually, not for long. Uh, my friend, he's, he's a Christian already. He just needs to recognize it, but um, he's, I said, I prayed for him, he got healed, his back got healed, and I said to him, listen, because he still had pain in his neck, I said to him, I'm going to invite you to a healing service, and I thought by myself, I'm going to, you know, I'm the pastor, I can organize a healing service at church, you know, and then I'll just, just, just make him come, and the Holy Spirit convicted me, and he said, every service is a healing service, where Jesus is, there is healing, because Healing is not something Jesus does. It's something we is. He is the healer. And when Jesus is here, like he's now, he heals, right? It's, it's his nature. It's, it's a natural outflow. It's just up to us to receive it. And so, and so God wants us to engage with his thoughts and his ways. Um, but we need to recognize the ways of the enemy. We need to recognize the thoughts that are not of us but of the enemy, and, and stop it right there. The scripture there says, take it captive. Take every thought captive um, and make it come into the obedience of Jesus Christ. And so um, we do it verbally. We speak it out. We rebuke the thoughts. Um, you know what to do. But a headspace is, is so important that we stay in a space where we connect to God. Jack Hayford says the following, following. He says, purity of life is not a quest for perfection, as much as it is a quest for liberation from those things that may inhibit effectiveness and reduce power-filled living. 
So holiness, is, it's got nothing to do with being perfect, right? It's got all, all it's, it's completely got to do with us being effective in God, us being um, connected and the Holy Spirit determining where we go in our thoughts and in our doing. Then we become powerful. So I want to just share two scriptures with you um, tonight. The first one is Philippians chapter 2. Verse 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, if any of you in, in, um, have any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, then make my joy complete by, by being one of one mind, having the same love, being united in spirit and in purpose. That phrase there, being of one mind. And I love this scripture, and I love... I love sharing and talking and seeing the unity of the body of Christ. It's one of my favorite topics to see how God comes and he brings us together, different people, diversity of people groups and diversities of giftings, diversity of different ways of worshiping. It's, I love it. But I want to focus on that being of one mind because actually we are of one mind with God, with his spirit and because we are one in spirit, we have this, because we have the same spirit, the unity is a natural part of, of our coming together. Unity is the outflow, right? But when we, being of one mind doesn't mean we think the same, right? It's, it's the whole thing of, we, we, it's not uniformity. Unity is not uniformity. It doesn't mean we think exactly the same or do exactly the same or live exactly the same, but we are in unity because we think the same as he thinks. We're going to see soon, but we have the mind of Christ. Did you know that? And he's, God is glorious. He's, he's, he's massive. And so the, the last scripture, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 6. In fact, we're going to read from 1 to 6, but I'm going to start with 5 to 6. It says, for these who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Again, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds. In other words, they have the mindset of fleshly things. They have the mindset of the things of the flesh. What is the result of that sort of a mindset? It's a mindset, it's a preference that your headspace prefers the flesh, right? Then the result is that they set their minds on things of the flesh, those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, right? So set your minds... If you have a mindset of the things of the flesh, the scripture says eventually it ends up with death, right? But contrary to that, if you set your mind, if you have the mindset, the preference of the things of, your, of the spirit, the result is two things, peace and life. Isn't that amazing? Our thinking determines, our Holy Spirit thinking determines what we experience, right? So uh, the, the, the flip side of that is if I have a lack of peace, I need to think of what am I thinking about? Am I thinking about things of the flesh? 
Is my mindset my preference of worldly things, or is my mindset of the things of the Spirit? Because the result of that mindset is peace and life, right? I think, I think all of us, who wants life? Who wants peace, right? If we have life and peace, you know, we are full of God. We are um, vessels in His hands. We can be used by Him in an amazing way, and we're just like happy people, right? We're joyful and, and full of Him. Isn't that an amazing place? But I want you to, to notice that um, I started the uh, reading of verse 5. It says, for those who live in. The, the word for um, is a conjuncture. Um, good hermeneutical practice means that you need to look at what precedes that scripture there. So the, the, the preceding thought is chapter 8 verse 3. It says, for those... Uh, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled. So he's connecting two thoughts, the writer of the book of Romans. He says, but, but in the old covenant, in the old way of thinking, the problem, the blockage, was the flesh. God had his intent, God had his, his, his life flow, his grace that he wanted to flow, but the blockage became the flesh. Right? So you, you can already see that the mindset, remember, two thoughts connected, the mindset of the things of the flesh lead to death. The flesh then is the blockage for God's grace to flow. You would have noticed that that verse also starts with the word for which then takes us back to verse 2. And that verse also starts with the verse, word 4, so you get the point already. We're going to connect another thought. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Right? So we see this, this progression that we, we're doing it backwards now. Um, but the mindset of the things of the flesh actually... Um, results in captivity, and conversely, the mindset of the things of the Spirit is freedom, right? So if you want to be really free, set your mind on things above, right, and not earthly things. Scripture says that His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And then verse 1, this is a well-known verse. We like to quote this. this. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. We love to quote that. But the second part of that verse is those that live according to the Spirit. Right? So there's a life of living in the Spirit that brings us into such a freedom, such a place of protection. And who's the one that condemns us? Not Jesus. John 3, 16 and 17 says that Jesus came into the world because he loved the world and he did not come to condemn the world because the world was already condemned. He came to bring life, all right? And so Jesus doesn't condemn. The enemy condemns. But you and I, even though um, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, we can give through the flesh the opportunity for the enemy to condemn us, Right? But if we set our minds on the things of the Spirit, 
then we have freedom. Then we can walk in all that God has for us. So I want to I want to close with with just three three things that just to just to help improve um, your mindset. You'll see there's some scriptures on the screen. I'm not going to read them, but there's three things that I'm going to give you. Um, the three things um, just for you to focus on clearing your headspace, getting your headspace where God can come and His Holy Spirit can can fill you in that space. So firstly, it's, it's I said seeking God. Prayer, but not prayer as an activity. Prayer as a, a connecting to God. Prayer as a, as a lifestyle. And it starts with thanksgiving, right? That's actually one of the best ways to clear your mind, to get your mind on heavenly things, is to just stop and say, God, thank you for what I have. Because you know what the enemy does is he, he tries, us, tries to get us to focus on where God is not moving, right? The, 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 that which I shared about the keys. He tries to get us to look around us and on the floor where actually our minds are supposed to look up and to, to see where he's at. And so um, the enemy always does this. He tries to, if he can get you to, get, to focus on what God is not doing, he's got you where he wants to. Um, then he can just continue bombarding you. And so we actually see this with one of the greatest prophets. In fact, the greatest prophet of old, John the Baptist, he's in the prison. And the enemy has gotten it right to confuse John the Baptist. because We know this because he says to his disciples, um, go to Jesus, go to the Christ and say, are you truly the one? Right now, I don't know about you, but that's it's weird to think that John said that to his disciples because this was the John that said, there's the Christ. Before he even met him, before he even saw him, he saw him. He knew that that was the Christ. Now we see the same John overwhelmed with his circumstances. He's in prison. All he sees is he's in prison. There's bars around me. So I'm just aware of what God is not doing. So he sends his disciples. He says, Jesus, are you really the one? In other words, he's doubting what he just knew implicitly before. He sends his disciples to Jesus. Jesus says to him, says to the disciples, go back to John. Who can remember what he said? Go back to John and tell him what you see. The blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking. In other words, go and tell John what he's not seeing. Go and tell John that Jesus is moving and help John to see where Jesus is moving. Help him to get his mind in the right way. Not to focus on what God is not doing in his circumstances. And Jesus is always moving. I can, the, the word, the eternal word, heaven and earth will pass away but God's word will not. His word said, says that God, you have a guarantee in the word of God that God is always moving in your life. No matter what your circumstances say, no matter the prison that you are in, Jesus is moving. You just need to look up to see him moving. Ask the prayer, Jesus, show me where are you moving. And so that's what we do in prayer. Prayer is this conversation with God. I love what Watchman Nee says. He says, negligence in prayer withers the inner man. Nothing can be a substitute for it, not even Christian work. Many of us are so preoccupied with work that they, they allow little time for prayer. Prayer enables us, firstly, 
prayer enables us firstly, first inwardly to overcome the enemy and then outwardly to deal with him. I love that phrase. It, it first helps us, prayer helps us to deal with him inwardly, right? Sometimes we try and fight the battle outward, but the first battle is inward, right? But if you've won it inwardly, you don't just stop there, then we deal with him outwardly, right? So there's these, these two battles, but we win the battle through prayer, not through being busy, right? Every work that we do is supposed to flow out of prayer. Secondly, the unrenewed mind is a playing field for the enemy. Romans chapter 12 is to you, another know verse. Renew your minds, right? Mind renewal. If our minds are not renewed, and it's, our mind is, minds are renewed simply through the word. Jesus says in Ephesians, he says, My church is like a bride, and I wash my bride with the word, with my word. I cleanse it. And so for us as individuals, it's the same. Jesus comes with his word and he washes our minds. Right? And if our minds are not renewed, then those fiery darts that we spoke about earlier, it's so hard to distinguish what is of God, what is what is my thoughts, what is the enemy? Because all it's all mixed up. The answer is the word. Around Jesus, and remember again, it's not the written word, the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. But it's Jesus washing you with his word, right? So it's not about how much you know about the word. It's not about how many verses you can quote, but it's about how much have you allowed Jesus to wash you with the word, right? Subtle difference, massive implications. And then the final one, the mind of the spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. The natural mind cannot receive the things of the spirit, Right? The natural mind cannot receive the things of the Spirit. And so, so God is Spirit, right? And we worship Him in Spirit and in truth, right? So there's, there's realities that are greater than the realities that we see, right? The natural mind cannot receive the things of the Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, you and I have the mind of Christ. And so, so God has His thoughts, God is thinking. And so what we want to do is we want to say, God, allow my thinking to align with your thinking. I want to have the mind of Christ, right? And so the Holy Spirit has been given. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you and I will help you, and specifically for tonight, in your thinking. I'll help you in whatever situation you are at, whether it's your workplace, social environments, your family. I will help you with your thinking. I will give you the mind of Christ for that situation, for that specific scenario. I will give you the thoughts because it's my thoughts. I will not leave you as orphans. The Holy Spirit within you is greater than Jesus beside you, right? He has given us His Spirit to be with us. Can we pray tonight? Won't you, won't you please stand with me? So we're just going to pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you that you've been, from the moment we stepped into this place, you've been pulling us, drawing us to your heart. God, your, your thoughts towards us and towards this church is, is so incredible. There's so many thoughts. There's so many things on your heart, Lord. Your heart is beating us, senses rapidly.
because you really just love us so much, God. You so love the hearts. And Father, this, this evening, we just come and align ourselves with your thoughts. God, there's a certain way of thinking. There's a certain idea that we need to come and surrender in humility and say, God, we had our thoughts. We had our agendas coming to church tonight. We have had our expectations. But God, now we come to surrender. And this is true worship. This is what Jesus means when he says, we worship him in spirit and in truth. And so Jesus, now tell us what are your thoughts. God, come and we give you permission as, as you asked us to do earlier. We give you permission to override our thinking, to override our agendas, to override our thoughts with yours. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us again. I'm going to ask us, maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you were speak, you've been speaking in tongues. But I want to pray a specific prayer that God would baptize you with the Holy Spirit, but in your mind. I want you to do a practical thing. If you just want to respond to this tonight, raise one of your hands to the heavens, and the other one just place on your mind, just on your head. So I consecrate my mind to you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for your presence in this space. Thank you for your spirit. Let's all just pray together. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I receive again from heaven. Jesus, I look to you. You are the baptizer of the Holy Spirit and of fire. Baptize me again. Baptize my mind. Change my thinking. Give me the mind of Christ. Fill me now. Fill me with the thoughts of heaven. Give me, God, that which is from you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can we just have the band? If you guys can just come up. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for time and your presence. And God, I pray now, Father, as, as your word said in Joel chapter 2, that you would pour out your spirit in all flesh and we'll dream dreams. God, will see visions, we'll prophesy, God. God, and it will not just be spiritual experience, God, but it will be practical wisdom that impacts this world, God, that impacts this earth, God. Thank you, God, that you've called us, God, to be heavenly-minded, but to root it on the ground. God, to affect change powerfully in this city, God, in this, in this nation, God, in our workplaces, wherever we go, we are those agents of change. God, we are those that are called to reconcile with the Heavenly Father. So I want to pray for you tonight. If you are perhaps in a place where you struggling just to believe that God can use you. Maybe you're just struggling to believe that you can have the right mindset. In fact, some of you, I feel there's someone specific that you've come into patterns of thinking. And, and you really love God and, and, and people really perceive you to be a very spiritual person, and you are. 
And Jesus sees your heart. He loves your heart. But there's this one area in your mind, and you know what it is. But there's this patterns of thinking. And, and often, and especially when it's going really tough, you go into those patterns. You go back into those patterns, and you, you get really stuck in a bad place. While every eyes closed, where's that person? Why don't you just show me? Okay, here's a couple of people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you are the healer. That's what you do, Jesus. And right now, Jesus, you come and heal minds. Just place, if you hold, hold your hand up, just place your hand on your mind. Say, Jesus, come and heal those patterns. Change it. Make the old new. Jesus, that's what you've come to do. So right now, change minds, change thinking, remove those patterns, God. Remove that depression. God, I lift it off your people now in the name of Jesus. Old ways of thinking, old ways of engaging, we lift it now. Get off in Jesus' name. 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 name. Father, every stronghold, every high thing, we lift it now from the people of God. God, these minds have been made for worship, and they will worship. In the name of Jesus, break that cycle, God. We break it in the name of Jesus. New thinking patterns, new ways of setting our minds on heavenly things in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. just have a specific word, and I believe it's for a lady that's 37. Is there one or more than one? <laughs> Is there a lady that's 37? Okay, only one, great. <laughs> I just felt the Lord said, um, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15, we're called to be the fragrance of Christ. I felt the Lord said specifically, you are the fragrance of Christ. So I painted hibiscus flowers for you because they have that fragrance with it coming out. And I say, I saw your life like a tree and the tree was standing in the water as in the water was halfway up the stump. And I sent Psalm 1 and those who are planted by the water and also revelations, God speaks about the trees by the water. And I felt just God is so pleased with you. And he's so excited about your life. Oh, my heart was like he's so excited about you. And he sees that you're planted in the water. This is like what your life is like. And I just saw you, you're a fragrance. And I painted the yellow. It's fruit and it's seed. And it's um, John 15, verse 8. This is his will that we bear much fruit. And I just felt like the Lord said he's so happy with you bearing fruit. And I just sense like yellow and pink, like colors, like brightness and fragrance and seed and fruits. And I just bless you with that. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.